BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Josh Peck. And I'm Ben Soffer. And And we're we're the the good good guys. guys. There's a lot of guys out there. And we're the good ones. My movie star, it feels like I haven't spoken to you in so long as you're on the set for, what are you on the set for again? How I Met Your Father? I am. I have been jumping around from iCarly to How I Met Your Father. I am, as they say, a working, a very working actor. I think that my favorite part about this podcast is that most people, and by the way, this is going to be very shady to other podcast hosts. So if other podcast hosts are listening, I deeply apologize. And this is definitely not directed at Jackie and Claudia, two of the hardest working women I know. But I feel like most podcast hosts, they're main job is their podcast, right? They are podcasters. Mm. So they talk to their podcast hosts frequently and then they come on the show and what the hell are they going to talk about? Because they spend like all of their time is done talking to their co-host or recording podcasts versus us. You know, we could go days without speaking and then we hop on this gorgeous podcast and there's just so much to catch up on. So I wanted everybody listening to know this is a true authentic catch up moment with my dear friend Josh as he's been MIA on these on these gorgeous sets. I I've missed you terribly and I agree and you're right. We're we're multifaceted. People our listeners hate when we reference Joe Rogan, but I can't get around it. Not only are we doing podcasts, we're hosting UFC and everything else that he does. We are we're multifaceted entertainers and it it harkens back to the days of Sammy Davis Jr. heard of him. You know, these people that were really Triple threats. It's funny. I had a conversation with Queen Hillary Duff, who, a bit of a tease, might be coming on the podcast soon. Last night, we were standing around on set. It was, you know, like Humphrey Bogart and, you know, uh, Bacall. I don't really know her first name. It was like, you know, Machine Gun Kelly and uh. Megan Kelly. No, that's a girl from Fox News. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Megan Fox, this is getting steamy. I'm going to have to change my shirt. And we were saying how we have no shame as child actors. Like our only impetus, our only direction is do it harder, do it faster, do it again. Because that's what you are conditioned to do as a kid actor. I don't know why you would have shame. I don't know why you would have shame. Built incredible credibility earlier. Speaking of which, I forget what I was watching, but I just saw an advertisement for Oppenheimer and you were beautifully there. Your name was written. I was very proud. Thanks, babe. I'm I'm plotzing, which is a Yiddish word for I'm all I'm overwhelmed, but I'm also a little nervous. And I, I want to share that with you and the listeners, because I 
don't have a big part. You heard it here first. And I am so stoked and grateful to be in the trailer, but I'm afraid that it's giving people the wrong impression that Joshy Boy Peck's like the co-lead in this thing. All that it will make people want is more of you in movies like that. So hopefully it sends a signal straight to the studios that Josh Peck is the next Batman. Can you imagine me? Can you imagine Batman kvetching? Yeah, I, I can. I can. Right? I mean, what they I mean, what they did with patents and look, they took Batman in such a weird direction. They could make Batman like a whiny Jewish man. Like he goes out and like like does like minor crime stopping, like maybe like an old lady's bag was was stolen, like some like petty crime or like maybe there's like an issue in the nursing home or maybe Barney Greengrass got robbed of its locks and Josh needs to come and find out <laughs> who stole all the locks. It's possible. I, you see me bust in <laughs> into a restaurant and I'm like, stop. And everyone stops and I go over to a girl and I'm like, there's gluten in that and you have celiac. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> You send That's out the, the thing. You send out the bat signal for all the missing smoked fish. I can see it now. I'm I an air marshal it. on Southwest making sure anyone with a peanut allergy is like, I have EpiPins on my utility belt. I think it could happen. I think it could happen. I want to see it. You're right, though, because a Jewish superhero would have just a utility belt full of antihistamines. Zyrtec, mm. Claritin, Benadryl, Visine. Do you take any daily medicines for allergies? For example, I do take I do take Zyrtec. At one point I took Claritin and I liked that it dissolved on my tongue, but Zyrtec is just a nice small pill and it helps with my throat clearing. You you forget that we bonded over Zyrtec one day walking home from Korean barbecue on the Lower East Side mm. and we both looked at each other and I was like, "You a Zyrtec boy?" and you said, "You better believe it." Yeah, Zyrtec's a great brand and a great brand to sponsor this podcast. If only I could have inserted an ad read there, but unfortunately they don't sponsor the pod. Good guys brought to you by Saudi Arabia, cigarettes, and Zyrtec. And Zyrtec. I think it fits perfectly. It really does. So give us a download on you taking over the beverage world, because I want to hear all the goings-ons. Well, today we launched a merch for the first time, which is very exciting. Mm. Our, our listeners can't see it on this episode because this is only audio, but I'm wearing our Austin Pickleball Green Hat. Merch is about to sell out. It's doing really well today. And I think it's because we made beautiful, high-quality merch. So that's what's going on in the beverage world today. Other than that, just launching launching a bunch of chains. We actually got into, you'll be excited about this, we got into a Pavilions, which is no just No way. A, that's, you know, that's a West Coast supermarket. West Coast beautiful supermarket. We're Part we're of the Whole, Safeway family. Yes, and Albertsons. We got into Whole Foods, so Whole Foods in California, you can now buy Spirit Society. So now it's just like the cool chains, and it's just exciting to see. But that's that's what's going on over here. You're kind of everywhere. Like, where are you not represented? Which is a good question to ask. Who do you, does Spirit say no to anyone? Does Spirit say no to any retailers? Yeah, is there somewhere where you would, you don't have to be specific. We don't want to turn anyone off. But, like, is there someone whose vibe you're not about? Today... We're not turning away any retail business. But in the future, we could decide, okay, we're too premium of a product for Bob's discount liquor, and maybe that doesn't make sense. But today, it's really about trying and seeing what's going to do the best. But if I can put something into the ethos, the dream retailer, Target. I need Target. 
Target would be perfect for this product. It's a Target brand. I can go there, pick up some Spirit Society, buy a pair of pajamas, and go home. Target would be amazing. But so no, why, I'm not turning down anybody today. Why are we not in Target yet? I just don't think that they know that we want to be in Target. So hopefully they mm. listen to this podcast and uh, a Target buyer reaches out. But ultimately, we just haven't had the opportunity to present to them yet. But would would absolutely love to. Let me listen. Their headquarters is in Minnesota. You know how I love Minnesota. I'm going to be there at the college at the end, a certain Minnesotian college at the end of March. Maybe we do a duel. Maybe we make a good guy's vlog and go in there and really sell it. I'm in. I'm in. I would love to. And I'll come to Minnesota if you want me to come to Minnesota. Do you think it's with how much Spritz is a part of your life and now this podcast is a part of your life? You don't have to answer now. Do I need to put a little skin in the game and throw you a little dough to be like a 0.1% investor in Spritz so we can really start pushing? I think that you investing in Spritz Society would be a very, very good idea. You can can speak to all of the... Uh, Sober alcoholics. (laughs) I was going to say all the folks out there that don't drink and say, you know, while it's not for me, if it was for me, it would be for me. So I think it works perfectly. Also, your lovely wife is... A, a drunker? A drink. Yeah. A lush. <laughs> a drunk. <laughs> yes, you're you're more than welcome to invest. That would be uh, that would be exciting. And you know, God willing, poo poo poo, fingers crossed, you're gonna do a non-alcoholic one eventually. I mean, maybe definitely. that's just juice at the end of the day, but who cares? So you yeah. ju- you sell juice. Over time, we're definitely gonna do a non-alc. The question is, is it like one of those non-alcoholic drinks that you're now seeing like a mocktail or is it more just like a delicious seltzer? Like I never, Mm. you actually, I'd love to know this from your perspective. When you go out, do you like the idea of a non-alcoholic beer? Like, do you really like the taste of, or miss the taste of beer that much? Do you want a non-alcoholic beer or are you good with a, a great club soda with a splash of something. You know what I mean? Like, does it need to be a mocktail or are you just good with a non-alcoholic soda? No, I, I mean, if there was a mocktail that tasted like Percocet, I'd be in. But <laughs> <laughs> I, um, you know, it's funny. There's an old adage from 12 Step from like guys who got sober, like these hard charging World War II guys where the sort of the unwritten rule was we don't drink O'Doul's here because what are you doing? Like, stop it, right? Like, you'll never lose the taste for it, even though it's not really getting you fucked up. It's like, come on, you don't need to do that. Plus, uh, beer was never really my thing. I'm totally like, I've slowly grown to love coffee and I love it now. But if it didn't get me all lit up in the morning, would I drink it? Probably not. So for me, I'm not like... I don't want to waste the calories unless I'm getting totally buzzed. I totally agree with you. So we won't be making mocktails. We'll just make delicious Spritz Society sparkling water in our core flavors. It'll be delicious. And we'll do that. Speaking of coffee, though, have you tried super coffee? No. I'm going to get you some super coffee. It is protein infused coffee and it's delicious in the morning. It gives you that kick. It also makes you full. And for those of us that are always trying to look svelte, the combination of a little bit of protein, a little bit of caffeine, you're making a gorgeous movement by 3 p.m. I love that idea. I make my own sort of version of that with beautiful cold brew concentrate from La Colombre coffee. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar, Mm. but I am. Gorgeous, fantastic brand. And what I'll do is I'll put in about, I don't know, three, four ounces of that, like 
real dirtbag amount to get you jazzed. And then I'll put in like a little chocolate protein shake. Gorgeous. Really cuts it. You're essentially making their product yourself. So that is, that's it to a T. I'll get you some. Save me a step. Hey, I, I do have a question. You know, you and Claudia have so clearly been on a fitness journey as of the last couple months. Has the dynamic changed at all now that you two are skinny, like skinny king and queens? Can you not keep your your hands off each other? Is it like crazy going out in the world with everyone staring at you two? What's it? What's going on? Before I answer that, I love that me and you both just talk like Claudia now. Like you were about to say skinny queens and we've said gorgeous a hundred times on this podcast. And I find myself <laughs> in normal day life just like saying like, like I'll be in a meeting. And I'll say like, oh yeah, I love that. It's gorgeous. Like all I say is gorgeous, and uh, I don't know if it's a pro. I don't know if it's a problem. I'm just just saying that we 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 both now talk like my wife. One hundred percent. We both talk like my wife. Um, but are we any more all over each other? I mean, we're always all over each other. We are steamy here. Woo! We are steamy. I love my wife. I think she's absolutely gorgeous all the time. So I would say though that. Because we're on this journey together, it is nice for us to collectively eat well together. So it just makes it easier to achieve the goals of being wonderfully skinny, fit, and healthy together. But in terms of like our our libido, it's always high, baby. It's always Can, okay, high. quick follow-up, quick follow-up. I was recently at a dinner and a couple I know, similar to my wife and I, in their 30s, they... Basically, the the husband, I believe, was like leaving one side of the table to go to the, it was a dinner party, to go to uh, the other end of the table, about six or seven people down. And the wife proceeded to say, come here, babe, and gave him a goodbye kiss. Maybe this would be my what are you nuts moment. She, and it was quite the kiss, Ben. It was like... I may never see you again. There was some tongue. It was juicy. And I'm like, Papa, he's going down six or seven people to the end of the table. You're going to see him again. I felt weird. And I thought it was totally awkward. Thoughts? Is that weird? That's weird. Yeah. Yes. Very, very strange. It's not even where I thought you were going to go with this. Like maybe Claudia and I are just different, but we'll go to a group dinner and we won't sit next to each other. No. Like- we, we sit next to each other 24-7, 365. Like when we go to a big group dinner, like it's totally fine if we we don't talk to each other. Like we're, I think we're very, very good at being a wonderful union, but also individuals. So mm. the the idea of what you just said is completely perplexing because I, 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 I will see you in an hour. Like I, I don't, I don't understand that. Anything more then a peck with your spouse at 30 and above is violent and unnecessary. Yeah, it, it sounds In like public. they were Yeah, they were they were trying to prove something to you. They were trying to They're, stunt on you. Yeah, it, the whole enterprise made me question everything in my life. But I nothing is better than going to an event, not seeing your spouse for 3 to 4 hours, reconvening in the car and comparing tea. Yep. Nothing better. Nothing yeah. better. Nothing. That's also important in case anybody's out there looking for a spouse. If you like to talk shit, compare notes, you better make sure your partner likes to as well. Because there's nothing worse, nothing worse than trying to talk shit to somebody that thinks that they're above talking shit. Because you Ugh. turn to them and you're like, oh, yeah, did you see like what Mary was wearing? She's like, 
What are you talking about? I thought Mary looked great. It's like, what? Are you blind? Mary didn't look great. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. And I agree with you. And sometimes I've had, you know, when friends will be going through like spiritual moments where they're like trying to be a good person. I want to be like, Len, you're not good. I've known you since I was 14. You're a scumbag like me. Now let's really dig in and trash this person, not to their face. Exactly. Nothing better than talking behind people's backs. Nothing better. Nothing better. Can I give a quick follow-up? What are you nuts moment? My like little, my second one. Yeah, I was going to say, you want to dive into the, you want to dive in? Well, I feel like that, that was my introduction one off the, mm-hmm. the top of my head. But recently I was at a dinner with my wife's beautiful family, good, polite, Irish Catholic crew from Sacramento, the best, as good as it gets. We're at this restaurant that has a bit of a habit of getting things wrong. Mm. Nevertheless, we go there and it's nice, you know, it's like easily 30 plus bucks per person, right? So it's not. It's, you know, middle, middle end dining and cheesecake factory. Oh, the best. No, I wish they trust me. I've never had a, what are you nuts moment there except for why don't I go there more often? That's why I'm nuts. And so I'm sitting there and we're with like eight people. My wife's beautiful grandmother, my son, everyone's dish comes out except for my son's, right? If you're going to mess up a dish, don't mess up the kid's dish. In fact, bring it 10 minutes early. Because you know they're hungry. So it doesn't come. Okay, no problem. Some of us are waiting to eat. Some of us not. It's all good. My son crushed some hummus and chips earlier in the, in the dining experience. But now it's 5, 10, 15 minutes. By the way, they haven't told us. It's not like they brought the food and said, sorry, something went wrong with his. We're rushing it. So finally, after 10 minutes, I ask. I say, is his food coming? And they go, oh, yeah, there was a mistake. We're working on it. We're getting on it right away. I go, okay, great. No problem. Now it's 15 minutes. And now our waitress comes by and goes, yeah, we're working on it. And I look at her and I say, not mean, but not the nicest. I go, can you put a rush on it? Like, it's 50, like we're almost done. And he's four. Am I nuts? I think it's what are you nuts? I did have half of my what in-laws. Look, what did he order? sliders it should take a second a second maybe a second maybe, i mean i don't know how rare he likes a slider so maybe Not three rare. minutes maybe three minutes right that's a very easy by the way great order sliders kids of sliders king no nothing on it except ketchup that is a what are you nuts you're right i saw it with I, you i felt like a jerk after because half my in-laws were like why don't you take it easy and i'm like I, fe- I felt very protective of my of my young little boy. Feed the youth. Feed, Feed the, youth. the youth. Feed the youth. My, my what are you nuts moment. It's something that I've definitely spoken about on Instagram over the years, but I don't think that I've spoken about on this podcast. And it happened to me again this weekend. I was walking my beautiful son, Theo. We're in Central Park. And I always forget that if you walk in the park before nine in the morning... There's a period of time where they give off-the-leash hours. So you'll walk into the park, and all these dogs, random dogs, are just running. Like, again, there's no, like, fence. There's no barricade. They could easily exit the park, go into the street, or dive in the pond. And it's just chaos. And we're in the park. My main purpose with Theo is walk him. He sniffs. He has a nice time in the outdoors. 
takes a piss, and then takes a shit. That's the goal, right? The goal of the yes. walk is to make a duty so that we can come back to the house, and then he doesn't have to duty until later. Takes like 15, 20 minutes, he's sniffing, he's getting in his routine. Theo likes to circle the area where he's going to make a dump. I think it's because it makes him get dizzy. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> he takes his dump. So waiting all of a sudden, starts to circle, starts to circle. All of a sudden, this fucking Maltese runs up to Theo and starts sniffing his wiener. Of course, if you were trying to take a dump and somebody came up to you and tried to sniff your wiener, you'd freeze. You're not taking a dump anymore. You can't dump like that. No, it can't happen. And the owner was nowhere to be found. The owner was like, I would say at least 200 feet in the other direction because it's off the leash time. And all I have to say is, what are you nuts? What are you trying to prove by having your dog off this leash? That you didn't capture this dog and bring them into your tiny home? So you bring them into Central Park and let them frolic around for 20 minutes so that you can feel better about yourself? No, you captured your dog, your dog lives at home, your dog is domesticated. Keep the dog on the leash Unless, of course, you're in upstate New York. It's private, it's yours, or upstate anywhere. It's private and it's yours. Let your dog roam, right? No problem. In Central Park, absolutely not. I can't even imagine how many dogs just run off the leash, go into oncoming traffic, take a dip in the lake and freeze. It's, it's terrible. So the what are you nuts really is to the dog owner, but also New York State. What are you nuts? That's nuts. The fact that Central Park allows this, and yeah, no Maltese wants to frolic. By the way, did you know that Maltese's, because I've owned one before, are incredibly afraid of water? Like, I had a dog that we would try to bathe it, and it would shit itself. Like, you want to you want to get that dog to make a duty? <laughs> Put it in about, like, paw-deep water, and it's a wrap. It will evacuate. So I agree. That dog wants to be chilling on the lap of a rich woman with too much plastic surgery. It does not want to be frolicking. Who did you who did you get that Maltese with? And what was the Maltese's name? Oh, great question, Ben. The the Maltese's name was Monster, R.I.P. He passed away in two, in 2020. I got him with a girl who I live with, my first girlfriend in my hard charging, fear and loathing days. I was 19 years old, living with my first girlfriend, and I got we got this dog together. And when we broke up a year and a half later, I took the dog. And it was really a point of contention. It was. But you loved that dog, so you needed to keep the dog. I thought he was safer and in better hands with me at the time. And... Then I wound up going to Europe like a year later for work and I gave him to my mom to take for like a week. And she basically, when I got home, said, this is no longer your dog. I'm a 60 plus year old Jewish woman. I am born to take care of this dog and you are not. This dog's going to have a better life with me. And he lived the last like 12 years of his life with her. Amazing. Amazing. We need to get your beautiful mother a real dog because I'm sorry, the Maltese... I just, I can't get behind it. I once owned a Maltese. We gave him a terrible name. Monster's a great name. You know what we named this dog? Tell me. Buddy. Oh, God, it makes me Buddy. sick to my stomach. It makes me sick to my stomach that my parents listened to a 12-year-old me and a six-year-old my sister that we should name this Maltese Buddy like we were in some kind of rom-com. It's just, ah, oh, 
terrible. <laughs> and that dog just had no personality. Maybe it was the specific dog. The doorbell would ring. The dog would sprint up to the door, jump and smash his entire body into the door and fall to the ground. He had mental problems. And I think that that's just Maltese's, what are yeah. they? Where did they come from? Like this- Malta, uh, Italy, Malta. Really? They're Italian? They're Italian, which is why they're dicks. No. <laughs> and I'm just thinking of young, beautiful, Rubenesque 12-year-old Ben Soffer looking at this dog and deciding between Buddy and Latrell Sprewell is the name of this dog. Total. Buddy, it's just such a bad name. How do you do that? How do you do that to the dog? It, God, it haunts me to this day. That's why Theo, I mean, Theo is, that's a strong name. I'd name my son Theo, my human son. It's a good name. I like it. I like, I don't hate Theodore in, in some, like, I think it'd be worth doing the full name in some occasion. Agreed. Theodore is a strong name. Very strong. Okay. Should we get to some stories? We should, please. Well, I saw this and all I thought was Ben, 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 Ben. <laughs> what makes a good dick pic? <laughs> we don't just want to see a penis. We can Google that. Dick pics have been around since the rise of the internet in the early 90s. And as anyone in a long distance or sexually explorative relationship knows, they're here to stay. The discourse might discourage you from thinking there's an audience who might actually want to see what you're packing. But trust me, we're out here. What's important is knowing when, why, and how to do it right, so that your standing ovation isn't met with a mid-performance walkout. Here's a couple uh, from some nice anonymous people who have contributed to this story. Live right, no size comparisons. Like, don't put a water bottle beside it. <laughs> Especially not a Fiji one, because it means you're deformed. Maybe you don't have to film it. <laughs> Make sure I want to see it. That's from Hannah. Jack says, be wary of filters. Alice said, I almost never get them, but if I'm getting one, I want a video. Hmm. And one man named Ben, no relation, said, <laughs> <laughs> I like a full frontal, not just the D. Give me some body. Ben, thoughts on, I feel so dirty <laughs> saying this. <laughs> thoughts? <laughs> You really know how to pick them. That is, that is some story. Okay. Thoughts on dick pics. So I actually, I agree with, so there were a couple stuck out to me. The first is, I don't remember her name, but she said, please make sure I want it first. I think that's important to note. Don't send unsolicited dick pics. Do you remember, oh, what was the name of that? Do you remember Chat Roulette? Chat Roulette was amazing and it was full of dicks. That's not why it was amazing. It was amazing, comma but full of dicks. Just made me think of that. So yeah, in the realm of dick pics, you definitely want to make sure that the person on the receiving end is excited to receive your dick pic. Then it's funny that somebody wrote, video is important. I was thinking to myself, the idea of just seeing a long rod or maybe a, a fat rod or a whatever, whatever size <laughs> shape your dick is, whether it's chode, long pencil, whatever it may be. And so sorry to Josh's mom that I know as a frequent listener, this is a this is a tough conversation. But listen to every ep, shout out. This Barb. is a tough conversation. But she's gotten a couple of dick pics in her I'm life. Sure, I, I'm sure, and I hope that they were videos because I don't know what you do with a, pi a picture. It's just like, what are you gonna do? Put it on the wall? 
No, she's 78, so it came through the U.S. postage system, which is sad. That's true. It was a printout that's, on an inkjet printer. That's true. It was a piece of paper. <laughs> that's funny. It was a Polaroid. <laughs> it was a Polaroid. So, yeah, I do think that if you have the opportunity to receive or send the video, it seems like it's a little bit more in the spirit of what you're trying to do. But I personally am not a fan of the dick pic. I don't think anybody wants to see a dick. It's just like... I don't know. Do you think that the same guys that send dick pics are the ones that hold up their big fish that they caught? <laughs> I think it's so hard. It's I, I, If I'm being nice to us as a gender of, of big, stupid men, I, I don't know about for you, but to me, receiving a nude from our beautiful wives, let's just say it. Okay, where I'm putting them out there. It's a hypothetical. Maybe yes, maybe no, that they've sent us these things before to me is like the height of erotic. Oh. It's like, it's suggestive. And especially because, you know, we date, we're, we're married to respectable women. It's going to be very tasteful. Okay. There's going to be some shadow play. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be full on. It's just going to be, a, you know, a slight suggestion like, Hey, maybe, you know, hi, perhaps. And thus, I think all those things combined, means that for us, we just feel like, how can I reciprocate? How can I, you know, keep this even? And the reality is we can't because these things that are connected to our bodies are gross. We can't. All right. So while it's a gorgeous story, I think it's enough about dicks. Why don't we transition to another story here? Tom Brady has apparently retired for the last time. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback took to social media to post the announcement on February 1st saying, this time my retirement is for good. I don't know if you saw the video. He was on some random beach. It was actually very strange, but it was emotional, said that he's gone. And I don't know if you saw, there was a carousel of pictures. And in one of the pictures, of course, Giselle was at many of these large moments. So he included her and the kids. And Giselle commented on the post, very chilling. She wrote, Wishing you only wonderful things in this new chapter of your life. So in case Tom Brady thought that he was just going to retire and go back with Giselle, I'm sorry, bud. It sounds like she's moved on. Yeah. I, do you Did you feel that comment from Giselle on his Instagram post was chilling? Because I actually thought, all things considered, it was pretty nice. I thought that it was... I thought that from the outside, yes, it was nice. From a PR perspective, it was nice. I think that Tom certainly can't be happy with the fact that he ditched his family to play one more season and then get absolutely ass whooped in the first round of the playoffs and then need to retire again and have no chance back with his wife. So again, I know we talk about this all the time where we actually don't know anything. Maybe they were rocky beforehand. Maybe it had nothing to do with the season, but from... The storyline perspective, to me, it seems like he made a grave error, and I would think that he would think that he'd have a chance to get back with her now that he's retired, but she seemed to have put a pin in that. That's just my my point of view. You have to think about, though, what went on, right? And I'm sure people of that level are constantly, like, they're media geniuses, and they have teams, right? So she knows that the whole damn world is going to see that comment. So it's, if she wrote... Wow, so proud of you, babe. Like, what what a legacy. Then everyone goes, she's not over him. 
what what's gonna yep. happen you yep. know she hasn't moved on and then if she writes you know just mazel then they go she converted like brazilian <laughs> jews <laughs> and <Mazel>. so <laughs> i'm sure it was like how do i be supportive but make you know leave I, I heard this said once and it's great and it was from my friend dylan lowey who was when joe biden was vice president he was his speechwriter, and he's a brilliant guy and he said you have to make sure that your answers don't allow for a follow-up mm. when you're answering tough things that you don't want to talk about you give a definitive answer and you give no room for them to be like now what you just said what did you it's like it leaves no room for misinterpretation so again i think it was like a very it just felt like a very savvy media trained comment you know very well, well she, thought out well she's savvy and she's media trained did you also see that tom brady signed a 375 million dollar deal i think with fox to be their on-air correspondent over the next 10 years. Was it Fox? No, it was, was it Fox? Network. I know it was a big network. Oh, that has got to be so nice. Tom Brady network deal. Let's just fact check. Fox Sports, $375 million over 10 years. You know, God. it's so... It's so interesting because like, and, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, but I'm, I'm currently shooting the final episode of How You Met, or How I Met Your Father season two. And like we talked about how, and it's a big show and people love it, but it's not yet one of those rare shows where like, it's so big that you get a pickup for the next season before the episode is, e or before the, the season's even done. And much is the life that you sign up for as an actor. We were all chatting about how like, you you don't know how to say goodbye, right? So we mm. don't, you never really say goodbye, right? Because the hope is that you're going to see these people in six months, but the reality is you just never know. And what it would feel like to know that you had the next four months off and then you were going back to a job. So few actors ever get that. And you know, wow, wow, poor me. But it's like that feeling to know I got 375 mil waiting for me. So few people have that in general. Like most people, especially nowadays, like a lot of like nine to fives are at will. Like you don't have, like your employer can just can you. And like, there's no more like these like contracts for years on end. So yes, the job security of 10 years, 375 million. He's certainly sleeping good at night. But I want to touch on the how I met your father stuff because I'm fascinated by it. I'm not an actor. I don't get to see what goes on behind the scenes with all the gorgeous spreads in between takes. And I'm sure that our listeners would be curious to understand sort of a day in the life of being on set as well. But talk to us just about what what was your day like today on How I Met Your Father? And then specifically, what did the spread look like? Ooh, great question. Great question. I, I Let's go food forward. First... You get here, right? And a lovely production assistant comes to you. And us actors, let's be honest, we're the royalty of the set. We get treated a disgustingly well. You know, it, it's it's gross. It, it shouldn't happen. And so first, a production assistant comes up and goes, hey, we have a truck creating beautiful breakfast offerings. What can I get you? What do you, hey, you want it the Aki way? What do you want? You know, you want an old school East Coast bacon, egg and cheese? Do you want a breakfast burrito? Maybe you're feeling something a little more decadent, perhaps a French toast. All of these are on the table. Oh, they'll make yeah. you anything. Yes, within reason. Like basically there's like, like 
It's like a very small Waffle House with a limited menu. And is the food good? It's it's very good, but it's, you know, inevitably when it's made on a truck, there's a limit to its greatness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, as you know, I'm an intermittent fasting king, so Mm -hmm. usually I don't partake in the breakfast, so they're making money on me. Mm -hmm. And then there is a snack table, a never-ending, you know, craft service table of some of the most gorgeous offerings from Gushers, Welch's fruit snacks, to peanut butter pretzels, to... Maybe you want. Maybe you're in the mood for an overnight oat or a freshly popped popcorn because you can have both. Wow! Yeah, wow. and coffee. And Ben, you want to talk coffee? Any coffee, you know, French vanilla, hazelnut, maybe an Irish cream, whatever you're into. And then there's what's called a second meal, or then there's a lunch, and it can be something beautiful—a chicken parm, pasta. It's usually themed, some kind of delicious ethnic food, usually. And then they do something called second lunch, which is usually something to like a little something to fill, to line the belly before you get home. A pizza, perhaps like a homemade hot pocket, mm. you know, something savory, good, an empanada, perhaps. It's, it's nice. It's nice. It's, I'm, I, I'm amazed that more actors aren't morbidly obese. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And when I wow. did Drake and Josh... It's no, you know, it's no surprise why I was 300 pounds because it was like, <laughs> all of this? Great. I'll do it all. I would do the same. But then how do you, how do you work after indulging in such gluttony? Like I can barely think, honestly, maybe this is a personal problem, but I can barely think when I eat a sandwich. I have a sandwich all of a sudden, my brain's all over the place. The tryptophan from the turkeys hit. So, wow. You but don't. You don't don't, like you can't. This is why most actors smoke, right? Because it's such Mm. a danger because you'll Mm. do a scene. And as the actor, as our great friend of the podcast, Neil Brennan said, as an actor, you're the paint, right? You don't have a say. It's shut up paint, stand there and be paint. So a lot of times you can be done with a scene and feel like, God, I hope they pick my best take or I hope they pick the right thing because I didn't feel great about all of that. And of course, you want to just go eat away those feelings. But instead, mm. you smoke them away, which is even more harmful, but keeps you skinny, skinny, skinny. Mm. You know? Sick. Very it's interesting. Up. Very interesting. And what's it like working with your wonderful co-star, Hilary Duff? You know, it's funny. I was at this screening last night for this new Freeform show, and... I was, you know, there was this girl who I I was chatting with her at this dinner and she was very, very nice, but she was like kind of digging in on the whole child actor thing, like just kind of like the very generic questions of like, can't believe you made it out and with the whole child actor, child actor, child actor. And I said, you know, I don't love that term. And I felt like a jerk saying it, but I was like, it infers freak in my opinion, you know, because it's just associated with like burnouts. But then I thought, I was like, listen, I'm just a person who started early. I like figured out what I loved and I started young. And then I thought, is there anything that you want to truly be elite at where you don't start when you're a kid? I mean, every athlete, every musician, any kind of artist, you start young. It's not weird, but I guess child actors, they just have a bad rap. You're absolutely right. And I think your comparison was spot on. You only talk about a child star. Take it, take out, like, let's, we'll go into sports. 
you only talk about like a high school phenom if they stopped being good after high school and never made it to the pros. So I actually think that what you said makes a lot of sense. And you're not a child actor. You're just an actor who started perfecting their craft early. And the term child actor should be used for sort of one hit wonders, right? Like they came in, they were on a show early between whatever, the ages of one and 18, and they never acted again. That's a child actor because now maybe they're doing something else. But by the way, that is very interesting. I don't feel bad for you. That said, <laughs> I, I, I just want to, I just want to put that out there that we are dramatizing this a bit. I certainly don't feel bad for you for your life in the limelight, but I do Ugh. understand. I do understand your perspective. I do understand and it. I think that young Hillary Duff, she's, I mean, first of all, besides, and I'm not just bullshitting here because because here's what I would say if Hillary wasn't cool. I'd be like, you know, there's only, if you said, how's Hillary Duff? I'd say there's only one. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I, I would say, hey, you know what? She's a brand. On a scale, would, on a scale of one to Jeanette McCurdy, how awesome is Hillary Duff? <laughs> she's full Jeanette. She's Jeanette times a Google. She's she's the best. And again, she's another one who like somehow navigated those waters so well. And I'm I'm almost jealous because the woman has no haters. Like nobody dislikes Hillary Duff, huh? Not me. Not me. I don't I don't dislike her. I think she's fantastic. And I do, I don't know if we should spoil this, but we are we are actively recruiting her for the pod. It does seem like it's gonna happen at some point. It's happening. Uh, so, and you're so you, flying to LA for it because I just need more Ben in my life. Yeah, and we need more video. So yeah, <laughs> you you we all have that to look forward to. And on that, I think I'm going to bid you adieu, my friend. This was a wonderful episode filled with everything from Dicks to Hillary Duff and what it's like to have a, a gorgeous spread on set. I'll be sending her a clip of this to really get her to sign on to the pod when she hears Dicks and Hillary Duff. Dicks and Hillary Duff. The name. The <laughs> I think, name. I, hey, Marshall, our producer, I think we have a title for the episode. Just D- kidding. Do not do that. We're never, I'm, Hillary will never talk to me again. <laughs> Dixon Hillary Duff, the name of your second book. <laughs> I know that would be nothing can be worse than my first title. Shout out my book agent, but a hey, wonder, but a wonderful book. So kind, and my book agent made a great title, and I just I don't know what I'm saying. I'm not, and leave all this in, Marshall, because I I just don't know what I'm talking about. Shout out my book agents. I really love and appreciate you, and don't don't infer anything weird from what I just said. Don't don't take at face value that. You said that the title's terrible and it's their fault. <laughs> don't listen. Don't listen. It's true, but don't I listen. Don't, much to your point earlier, young Benjamin, I don't feel that bad because boy, did they get paid. Yeah, they got paid. And the only way we get paid, folks, is if you rate, review, and subscribe. Five stars, just like if you got out of a gorgeously clean Uber that didn't talk to you and played a ton of great music. Rate, review, and subscribe us anywhere you get podcasts. Listen to us weekly. We're the good guys, and it's been wonderful talking to you. We love you all. Goodbye. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.